Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Kill Your Yo-Yo, brought to you by Illinx Toys. My name is Ross Levine, and today we have a special guest whose name you may know. It is Christopher Chun. He is sponsored by Duncan and used to uh, yo-yo for yo-yo-tricks.com, or yo-tricks.com. And uh, he's an awesome 4A player who has competed at the national level and has just competed all over the country. And he's also an excellent yo-yo performer. He actually uh, performs on behalf of Duncan for uh, schools and just general performances all over. And he recently moved to Las Vegas to become a professional yo-yo performer. So in this episode, we talk all about different ways that you can increase your performing in yo-yoing. We talk about the difference between being a good yo-yoer and being a good performer. And we talk uh, about ways that you can push your yo-yoing forward by making yo-yoing harder for yourself, which will make more sense once we get into the episode. Before we start, though, I just want to say that the biggest and best way that we can grow this podcast, and I think that the ideas that are shared in these conversations are super important, um, and the best way that we can grow this audience and make these become a part of the uh, the yo-yo meta, except not the contest meta, like the thinking meta, the best way to share that is to tell your friends about this podcast. If there is a particular episode that you think is great, then share it with them personally. And the other thing that you can do is subscribe to the podcast on whatever uh, platform you're watching it on or listening on um, and rate the podcast. Those three things will help so much. And the biggest and best one is tell your friends. So please, please, please get that word of mouth going. And without any further ado, I would like to introduce Chris Chun. Oh, it's right. so nice to have you. It's nice to be here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Let's see. What what candle should we go with? I've got vanilla cupcake and Christmas cookie. Uh, definitely Christmas cookie. Christmas cookie? That's that's what I was feeling too. Yeah, that's extremely timely. What what kind of good yo-yo chat is it without a nice candle lit in the background? Honestly, I've never had a, a candle lit during a yo-yo chat, so I'm excited to learn. I, I've been doing it wrong all along. I don't think there's a single virtual interview I've done throughout the whole pandemic without a candle lit. So, I mean, right there, that's a that's exclusive, <laughs> I think. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. So, so let's uh, let's let's jump in. Yeah, we got, we got Chris Chun here on on Killer Yo Yo uh, with Illings Toys. By the way, he's sponsored by Duncan, which is an excellent company that has sponsored um, a, a lot of great people, including my buddy Justin Dower. Absolutely, we love Justin. Yes, and he loves you as well. He, he <laughs> got here and he was like, "Oh, I can't wait." <laughs> Or more so, his mom was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. She is the absolute best. Oh, she's excellent. I, I love oh. her so much. Yeah. she's. I know she – I believe she said she'll be watching right now, and she's uh, recovering from COVID. So if you're watching this, Mrs. Dower, we're sending oh. love and hope you're feeling a bit better. Yeah, hope you're doing well, Michelle. Um, well, great. So uh, this is, first of all, just want to point out the – 
irony that I have the four yo yo. I know. I was gonna point that out. <laughs> I am not a 4A player at all, and that's um, that's part of why I'm excited to to have you on, uh, is because I've had friends who who did 4A. Little demonstration. There we go. Really excellent demonstration. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, which I'm guessing that's the pandemonium. Pandemonium, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite offspring, yo yo. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm using uh, I'm using a flight just because it's I don't yo yo I don't do it for it enough and it's what's cheap you know honestly I think the flight's underrated because back when I worked for Yotrix that's all I competed with mm -hmm. um you know I, I we carried a lot of higher end yo yos that I I could have used but it's exactly what you said like Austrian is a destructive division so why yeah. not use what's cheap yeah you're you're gonna I mean. Per the name of the show, if you're an off-string player, you know you're going to kill your yo-yos. Like, yeah. so you know if you if you just want to spend twenty five bucks every time you break a yo-yo, that's the way to go. I'm I'm gonna be straight up. I have never broken a yo-yo, an off-string yo-yo, which to me says I'm I don't do it enough, or I'm not hardcore enough at. <clears throat> I there was a really big joke around Plymouth Yo-Yo Club back when I was first getting into off-string because I broke any off-string yo-yo I used within seven days. Really? It even Duncan got tired of my customer support emails because they're like, we we ran this through product testing for months and nobody broke it, and I'm like, I've got three broken right here. What? Like, <laughs> And I had no idea what I was doing at that point. So I'm like, it's probably on me. And it definitely was on the way I was playing. Like, so I've so gotten how, a bit better at it. So my question is, how how did you play that was destructive? And then what did you change? Uh, so I think I just changed the surface I played over. Because I what I used to do is I, I would just practice outside. That's where my parents wanted me practicing when I lived at mm -hmm. home. You know, I was... 16 i believe when i started off string mm -hmm. so it's you know i'm living at home i was working at a del taco like oh. and you know so they're like if you're gonna practice just take it outside and it the our, like our lawn i just didn't like practicing on so i was just dropping on concrete every 10 seconds and eventually oh. it led to me saying like hey i'm breaking too many i need to practice inside yeah. and then i learned the benefit of if you practice over carpet, you're going to learn to recover and, you know, whip catch when it hits the ground. Yeah. So then when you perform on a stage, that's a smooth surface. That's not carpet. You're yeah. all that much more prepared. You have more time. It's going to be a higher bound. So it's also like setting yourself up for success in the future. Okay. So you're saying that when you compete over carpet where it's going to hit and then like roll away, if you're able to catch on that, then you, Imagine doing it, yeah, on, on like a ballroom floor type of material on the stage, yeah. especially with a Delrin yo-yo like the Pandemonium. This thing bounces huge. So I'm used to bounce, catching with, you know, maybe six inches, maybe a foot of wiggle room for myself. But on these bigger stages, it's coming up to chest height. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of, yeah, it sets your future self up for uh, success, I feel like. Let me just write that down. Absolutely. Um, uh, so that's awesome. I also have 
a timer going. So let me get the timestamp. 7.36. Cool. So, um, first of all, we already got into some good content. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't even fi- officially begun. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Is First of all, if you're an off-string player, try playing over concrete when you're practicing. Get yourself ready. And just generally, like, try stuff that's harder when you're preparing. Um, yeah. It's like in the copy of every tiny yo-yo. They're like, oh, if you can land your freestyle on this, you can land Exactly, yeah. yeah. But there is truth to that. Um, so I, I want to start with just your backstory. What did you, how did you get into yo-yoing? Um, and, and like, what, uh, what brought you to this point? So it all, it all started, it all officially started in the third grade. Uh, Jake Maloney, who used to be a part of the Duncan crew, I did a show at my school. Everybody got a free bumblebee. And if you're a friend of mine, you've heard this story a thousand times, but I I didn't know yo-yos came apart. And so there was about two weeks where everybody had a, was using their yo-yo in school. And every and they, nobody was trying to actually properly learn how to throw down and up, down and up. Everyone was just, you know, dropping and pulling. And they couldn't get it to work. So every time I got a knot in my yo, like around the axle, I'd go up to someone and be like, hey, my yo-yo works. Do you want to trade with me? And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, look, it just comes straight back up. And they're like, oh, perfect. And then I go home and learn Rock the Baby. Like, um, <laughs> and then I, I, I stuck with it for about a month. The rest of the school had it for about two weeks. And then a few years later, uh, I was grounded because I used to be absolutely horrified of getting my blood drawn. So I got grounded because I was just absolutely terrified, like in the doctor's office. Uh, And my mom told me to go clean my, she's like, no, you're grounded, go clean your room. And I was like, what am I I supposed to do for fun? She said, find your own fun, expecting I was just going to go clean my room, but I found my old yo-yo and February is 10 years. That's amazing. Yeah. So I I got started through a strange sense like that, which I love. Um, And since then, it's just all been a blast. I can't believe I'm here. So I think that uh, that's one thing that my mom always used to say of, of like, she would try to make me be bored and embrace that boredom. She's like, the creativity comes when you're bored. Yeah. That just channels through so much in what you're saying of like when you have nothing to do you start to make stuff to do exactly like i i truly think had i not been told to clean my room that day i would i would be yo-yoing because yeah. i had nothing else to do had it been a normal day where mom's like oh clean your room and then go watch some tv i'm gonna clean yeah. my room in 10 minutes and be in front of that tv you know like <laughs> at that time so it's 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 kind of uh it's pretty wild to think how it all came about. Yeah. And that's also just hilarious of how you were breaking your yo-yos and then using that like that's some excellent salesmanship <laughs> to to be able to <laughs> get that out there. No, absolutely. Yeah. When they pick the yo-yo, they go, "Oh shoot, it's broken." <laughs> like that That, that was, was a- yeah, no, it's one of those things, like, I have a couple of those things from my childhood that I look back on, and I'm like, whoa, that was actually pretty good. I, I was actually onto something there, like, and, oh, I love it. 
You got to start doing that with like dropners at modern day competitions of like, oh, it's broken. It's broken. Just, here, let me, let me hold on to that. Come up. Here. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's awesome. Um, let's get into inspiration. So obviously Jake Maloney. Uh, yeah. I got it right. Yeah. Uh, so clearly he, he impacted you because uh, you first saw him uh, as a Duncan performer. And that was at your school. Yeah, yeah, that was that was at my school. Um, in terms of inspiration, I am all over the board. I mean, the I would say the entire Michigan and Midwest scene collectively is a huge inspiration from me. My best friend and probably my favorite yo-yo of all time, Michael Stex, huge inspiration on everything I do, yo-yo wise. Uh, as I said, Jake Maloney, Dennis Shatter was a huge help when I was getting started. Who else? Uh, Drew Morowick from Illinois. Absolutely love Drew. Uh, what's That's, that? I met him once. He's a great guy. He is a fantastic. He is somebody that you meet, and he just has the best, like, I, just such a good energy, like, to use that word. But it's like, he's just so great to be in a room with. I honestly, I barely remember people when I meet them, but I... I met him probably like six or seven years ago, and I remember him to this day. Like what contest conversations that we had too. He's he's a great guy. Um, who was uh, uh, uh Stex? Michael Stex, yeah. Michael he's, uh, Stex. he's sponsored by Good Life. Okay. Yeah, I've actually just to support the the friends. Uh, I got my Michael Stex signature series mantra right here. <laughs> this That's engraving is crazy. Man. That is an awesome little thing. Another thing for people to go check out. Zach from Oh Yes Yo said also me, and I know he's trying to be sarcastic, but that's very true. Him and I used to talk a ton when I was first coming up in the scene, and he would always send me these wild tricks that I didn't understand. Oh, and th was this 1A or 4A? Uh, honestly, a bit of both. Mostly 1A. Um, I The reason I got into 4A was my younger brother and I came up in yo-yoing together mm -hmm. and he started playing off string one day and I, I was really bored with one. I was in a really bad trick rut. Um, and my brother landed on day one in under the leg whip. And at this point I was almost 300 pounds, probably had at this point stretched twice in my entire life. Like I couldn't even, like I couldn't, even fathom that trick and I was like well if he can land it I have to land it now I can't let him be better than me yeah. and so him and I started off string together and eventually he lost interest in you know yo-yoing as much as he did and so I just kept the momentum going and uh that's that's really where I got started in foray was with my younger brother that's awesome so eventually you got into the leg whip <laughs> yeah yeah you could say I, I learned the leg whip eventually that's awesome so did that, did that take, like, did you have to develop that flexibility to be able to do it? Oh, my gosh. I It surprises me that I stuck with foray, looking back on it now. Like, if I had to start off string now, I don't think I'd, I'd be able to, like, keep it going. Um, yeah. My apologies. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but, like, I was so bad. I teach people off string at different events that I'm teaching at or, you know, different shows that I do now. 
And I see people landing that under the leg whip or they're landing their first boing boing 20 minutes in. And I'm thinking back and I'm like, this took me a month. Yeah. I, I remember I spent eight hours my first real day of practice and successfully landed off string barrel rolls once with a bind. Uh-huh. Like, so it's, it was something that I really had to just kind of like keep doing until I adjusted to it. I just had to suck so much to the point that I sucked a little bit less. Like, so one thing on that, and I do definitely agree, like, I'm sure that that had a big impact in it, but it's also, I've noticed people learn tricks faster than like, like I know that when I started, and all of us probably have felt this, that like when we started playing, it's like, oh my God, I cannot do this. I'm never gonna be able to do this. And then we teach yeah. them like, oh my God, they got it so fast. Yeah, and it's like, we, I think it's part so... of that is, is like, just like, maybe we, that struggle of us doing it, like they're not learning from a yo-yo expert tutorial. Like just yeah. having a human there helps well, and... so much. Yeah, that's something I've noticed is the different ways that people teach. And, you know, even though, I mean, I've been in this for nine years now. How long have you been in it for, would you say? Uh, I think I started 2010, so this is coming on 12. Okay. Yeah, so it's like when it comes to teaching people, some pe you know, there's those tutorials online where they're like, oh, to do magic drop, you just need to do a trapeze, make an L, go over the finger. Yeah. But you know, the key to really teaching someone is thinking back to when you were learning and you're like, what little things like changed the entire way I viewed the trick and got me to land it. Yeah. So that person doesn't have to spend the two days in their bedroom trying to find that. Like, yeah, there is a, this is something I think a lot of yo-yoers can, can benefit from. There's a term that gets used in, in magic, like sleight of hand called the real work. And that's like just a common thing. And it's like, yep. yeah, there's how you do it, but then there's the real work. There's like, how yeah. exactly does it happen? What is the true thing that only comes once you've done it a million times? Exactly. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I've been, I've been learning a lot of Kendama lately, especially near the end of having the cast on my wrist because it was a skill toy I could use with one hand. And it's something where it's not that Kendama is easy, but I think compared to yo-yoing fundamentally, you can watch a kendama trick and go, oh, this is exactly how it's done. But like you said, it's that real work that you see with kendama where you need to put your 10,000 hours in. Yeah. It's easy enough to go, oh, I just need to pop the tama up, spin the handle three times and catch it. Yeah. Sounds easy. There's like, an understanding and then there's like an actual ability to execute. Yeah, I think there's a difference between your brain understanding and your hands being able to translate it. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, there, I think the real work like you're talking about is where that like translation to the hands comes in. Definitely. And certainly having a good teacher there, especially in person to tell you like, oh no, do that. Do that. Yeah. That definitely can have effect on how fast someone can pick something up. Yeah. No, so it's, awesome. yeah. And I love that you're, um, so first of all, I want to do a tiny plug here just because you brought something up. I yeah. love how your, uh, your delving into 4A came out of having a rut in 1A. Um, that's actually something. So I wrote a, a short ebook. This is what I spent like this last two weeks of working on 
It's literally about how to get out of a yo-yo rut. It's called 33, um, uh, 33 Rut Busters for Bored Yo-Yoers. And it's available on my uh, bio. If you go in my link in my bio, it's right there and it's free uh, in exchange for an email, obviously. But like, it's, this is all part of a much bigger project and I do stand by it. It's a really cool document with a bunch of links to all kinds of like resources. So I love it. Um, no, that's, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I saw the sneak pre sneak peek of that you posted. Uh, and so I wanted to find a way to bring up a trick rut to naturally segue into that for you. I figured that would be, so you know. <laughs> and one of the, one of the methods is to, uh, to try a different style that if you only do one, a try for a, because yeah. So interchangeable. Um, yes. There's some other crazier ones in there, but it's it's a good document. I spent I spent a good amount of time working on it. I'm pretty proud of it. So, so I'm excited to read through it myself. Yeah, I, I re I'm really looking forward to it. Oh my god, I can't wait to have you check it and let me know what you think. Also, absolutely. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll do 66 next time if I get. There we go. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, that was one thing I wanted to to, to bring up was that, and another thing is. Uh, and the link is in my bio. Uh, and the other thing, so you were saying that uh, when, so I know that you just lost a lot of weight and uh, you were saying that having that was very difficult to, to do tricks at first. And that was kind of a, a thing that made you power through. Um, and that kind of made me think about what you said about the, the carpet and the ground of like, you practice so much on carpet um, and then you, you switch to once you're on stage, now it's really easy to get the bounce. So you practice at a certain weight. Yeah. Things are a little more difficult. And now I know you just went through that, that whole weight loss journey. And so what, what kind of impacts do you think that had on your yo-yoing? It was really interesting to see because I, I had spent all of like, so I think one of the big differences between those two is I practice on carpet with the set intention of this will make it easier down the road. Yeah. I never even considered my weight. Like I had just been overweight for so long. Like it, it wasn't even something I thought about. So yeah. I kind of found like little different, you know, little differences in it as I lost the weight, but I went from almost 300 pounds to 170, which is where I'm at right now. And I mean, I remember, like, I, I started losing weight, if anyone hasn't heard the story, because I got back from Nationals 2019, and I was so frustrated with how I did. I was mad at myself, like, no one else. It was all on me. I didn't practice enough. I didn't put the time in I needed to. But I couldn't bounce. I couldn't do a leg orbit bounce without the yo-yo hitting my stomach. Wow. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. If I ever want to grow as a competitor and as a player I need to I need to do this for myself and so when I got back to leg orbits and all that six months down the line you know when I'm 50 60 pounds down it was the wildest thing in the world to me it was like oh I can do them now this is great like I can you know and it was just one of those hidden benefits like you said of the carpet thing where just little things here and there where I'm like oh this became a lot easier. I mean I could do arm orbits easier because the when I have to like tighten the string for a bounce within the mount, it wasn't like squishing my arm all the way up. Like yeah. there there wasn't something extra in the room. So it even opened up more like area for me to land my tricks. 
This is so. This is actually making me think of uh, last week. I was talking to uh, Coffin from yeah. Yes, and we were talking about how stringling is like part of the yo-yo. Like the yo-yo is two parts, right? There's the yo-yo, yeah. the string, and so we talk all about yo-yo design, and people kind of put string length aside, but that really has a big impact on how the yo-yo feels. Mm -hmm. And something that is even more than that is the, the last part of the yo-yo is yourself and also yeah. the environment that you're in. And so it's like, if you want to design the best yo-yo, you almost have to design the best version of yourself too, because if you don't have the muscle tone or the body shape to yeah. be able to do the tricks that you want to do, you might have to develop that and put in the work to, to change that. Yeah, I mean, cutting your string or buying. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember like I didn't understand that next level of yo-yoing, like you know, treating your because I was I was just focused on the tricks. I would eat fifteen dollars worth of Taco Bell and then practice for six hours straight. And I didn't, and I was like, man, why do I feel like trash right now? I just want to yo-yo. Like, yeah. but I remember when I would get to the old Yo Tricks house and Jake Elliott was there practicing for Worlds. It was like, how are you sweaty from practicing? Yeah. And I was like, what even is this? And he's like, I'm trying to win worlds. I, what do you mean? Why am I sweaty? Like, and it was yeah. just something I'd never thought of. Like, oh, this is something like you need to put your body into as well. And that's yeah. where it does. Like something I've never truly understood until I learned it through yo-yoing is when something does become an extension of yourself. And that's you something know? that... I mean, actors talk about all the time of, of like, your body is your instrument. Yeah. Uh, singers too. Like, and it is, it's so true here as well. Um, another thing I, I bring everything back to magic for magic magicians will like, will use a particular kind of lotion uh, to make sure their hands are the exact right tackiness. And they'll like, oh yeah. They'll, uh, polish their nails to make sure everything looks beautiful and perfect for their, for what they're doing. And I, my think, biggest, I don't know if that's as common in yo-yoing of like... Yeah, my, my biggest downfall in, in uh, my card magic practices are that I bite my nails so I can't present very well. Yes. Oh, I but I do, use, I do use uh, white peppermint oil. Really? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's something uh, my magic instructor back in Michigan, Anthony Gerard, showed uh -huh. me. And it was something when I tore my rotator cuff in 2017, one of the owners of Yotrix turned me on to for my shoulder. Um, but it gives a certain feel to the fingers that it, at least for myself lends better to sleight of hand with a deck of cards. That is so, so white pepper. And oil, I got to buy some. If oh, it's, it's some good. It is some potent stuff to one drop and your entire house, your entire apartment, wherever, whatever kind of home you live in is going to smell like peppermint for a week. Well, that's another added benefit. Absolutely. <laughs> I know have people that don't it, like that. Does it have any effect on your yo-yoing? I can't say. So I use that for a certain level of, like you said, like tack or stickiness for my hands for card magic. Um, but when it comes to yo-yoing, and I, I might not have the best option here. I've been doing it since 2012 when I started competing. But I just like my hands as dry as possible. Just wash yeah. my hands with some dish soap, warm water dry it off and I'm set. Same. Right. I mean, for example, right now, my hands are cold in the garage and it's like perfect because there's no sweat. It's just yep. 
No, I've got this window behind me open, keeping me cool in here, just for that same same reason of keeping everything dry. It's, uh, it's, and that's all. It's all what we're saying. Like that environment has an effect on your yo-yoing because if your hands are all sweaty, now you can't do your quick combos or anything like that. Exactly. Or your grinds, for example. Um, so that's awesome. So just to kind of put a button on that, I think sort of a takeaway point here is that. Um, sort of adding on to what Coffin and I were talking about last week of your yo-yo design is the yo-yo. It's also the string. It's also the environment that you're in and your, your physical body. All of that is part of the yo-yo. Yep. If it's not all aligned, then maybe you won't be able to progress. So just another yep. thing to try to, uh, to alter and change. Um, I think that's incredibly useful. Yeah. Uh, so cool. There was, some I wanted to, well, first of all, I'll ask, because I kind of invited you to think about it. Is there anything that you would want to share? Um, any like theories that you have on yo-yoing? Because I mean, I got a whole list of questions, but yeah, so specific. I my biggest like theory when it comes to yo-yoing is I, I think every person so there, there's a competition meta, you know, we all know those tricks, we what well, we can all do them to an extent, whether it's your hook combo, your rail combo, something front style. Mm -hmm. I think every yo yoer you know, because I, a famous Jake Elliott quote that I've heard a thousand times is yo-yoing attracts a very specific kind of person. So there is at least something that we all have in common that brought us to this toy and, a re you know, a reason we all learn these tricks. But I notice all these different players have tricks that they're drawn to. Like there are certain tricks that I could sit here and do for 10 hours straight that you would hate to do. And there's tricks you could do that. I would be like, why would I do that? Like, mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate to see, I, you know, competing is great. I, you know, I'm a yo-yo competitor myself, but I think that people really need to, take the time to figure out why they like certain styles of tricks and how far they can take them because you've got your drew tates kind of players now just stuck to fix axel is like this is what i love and look how far drew took it and takeshi like yeah you know and if they had just been like but the meta's not fixed axel right now where would fixed axel i mean even ed like where where would fixed axel be without that so i think if there is something that your brain clicks with and a trick that just feels better than the rest, see how far you can take that. See what your brain is willing to, you know, how far you're able to expand upon that element or concept in yo-yoing. Absolutely. Of Cause I, I definitely agree with you. There's a reason. I mean, if you got into yo-yoing, it's unlikely that you've only ever seen a yo-yoer out in the world. Like we've all seen jugglers. We've all yeah. seen uh, magicians and unicyclists and poi spinners and flow artists of all kinds and dancers and singers and like all these different performing things. But we all did this <clears> one, <throat> probably because we're a bunch of fidgety ADD types, but- Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> th th but there's something about this. So take whatever it was that, that, that you found in it and, and dive deeper into that. Um, I'm interested in, Oh, are you reading what Coffin's saying? Yeah. And it, but so that's actually kind of a, a, a good thing on this point of 
uh, Jordan wrote, Ross hates tech, hashtag facts, lol. And then Coffin said that, uh, I don't hate it, I just avoid it because uh, he's a flow god. Okay, I didn't read that part before I started reading it, but otherwise I would have left that off. Um, but but it, it is to the point of, I love flowy tricks, and you, I know, love like big performative tricks. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we're attracted to, that's what we dive deeper into. Um, so that's a good thing of, of, of like finding your style and sticking with it. Well, and that's like, you know, I mentioned Michael Stacks earlier and he, he is one of my favorite players to just put on some music and just kind of stand there and just yo-yo and like, we'll just watch each other yo-yo because, yeah. you know, like we said, I am a performer. I love these big tricks that, you know, you could do in front of 10 people or 10,000 if you had that crowd in front of you. And it's a huge trick. And Michael Stecks will take a double or nothing with a chopstick and say, let me see how deep I can go into this mount without ever unwrapping a string. And, yeah. you know, we still, and then we're able to translate that to each other. Where I'm yeah. like, wait, you're doing this. Have you ever thought about this element? He's like, ooh, that's a bit showy, but not what I'm used to. I'll try it. And he'll yeah. look at one of my tricks and be like, yeah, I mean, you could finish it with an around the world or you can go really deep into that tech mountain, you know, but it like, we all have something different that we're drawn to. And I, I think it's just sticking to that and seeing how far you can take it. That really, you know, matters. Absolutely. And I think there is a lot of benefit, especially with that simplicity of like, you don't have to try to make the most complicated thing, take something simple that you know really well and, and dive into it and just stick with that one trick for like a, a lot of time. That's like, so that's, that, that reminds me of one thing um, that, that's in the, the Rut Busters Guide, which is in my bio for free. And, um, but it, it, it does fall into that. When I started filming for social media, I kind of had a change in perspective of like, instead of, oh, I'm gonna try to make a really good trick to win a competition. It was, I'm gonna take something that I know, I'm gonna add to it to make it a little bit harder and really challenge myself. And then I'm going to film it until I get it perfect so that yeah. people can see it. And so that forces you to like take something you know and build that depth and, and yeah. kind of deeper into it and really master all the different linkages that you exactly. can make off of that trick. No, that's, I mean, I feel like something that I've really gotten out of Kendama recently that's been helped me a lot is if I'm working on a new trick, I, I've been working on, uh, oh my gosh, what is it? Uh, Kickflip or barrel roll on a Kendama. So it's from a Lunar, you do a full rotation. But, oh my gosh, it, it's been like a week and a half. Drew Moroic yeah. dared me to land it and I'm still trying. It's, but when I'm practicing it, uh -huh. I'm taking element. It, I'm not just practicing that something I know if I want to get better at Kendama, I need lunar flips consistent, which is just that. Yeah. So every time I pull up a lunar, instead of going lunar, okay, kick flip or barrel roll, I do lunar flip and then, and then, you know, get to that. And so I go from starting off landing one out of 10 of my lunar flips and it's like, okay, I'm not really getting anywhere with barrel rolls to the point where they're so consistent that doing a lunar followed by a lunar flip is just my baseline. So I feel yeah. like if you stick with, you know, say you take a really difficult element that you're feeling and you really want to explore, mm -hmm. 
the first hour, first day or two, first week might kind of suck because it's like I'm doing the same thing over and over. But once yeah. that becomes your mental baseline, you're only looking forward from there. And that's when your brain starts to go, well, yeah, you can do that, of course. What if, yeah. try this, you know, and that, or. And that is, um, oh, I forget the, uh, the, the name of the author, but there's a, a book on flow. Oh God, it's, it's like the book on flow. I forget the guy's name. Um, but anyway, essentially what flow is, is that. It, this is one definition of it is like you learn something really well that becomes so like you learn the fundamentals right and then you've mastered those and now they're boring and so yeah. then you, you build out on that but now once you've learned this new thing that was hard those are now your fundamentals and yep. so you're just building this pyramid up and up and up and flow happens when you take those fundamentals that you know so well and you challenge yourself to go a little bit further and that's yep. where you are right now because i'm yeah. looking at that and i'm like a lunar flip is so far up here for my and that's, level, but and that's the thing, you're yeah. going for the one after it, which is the case. And, that's, and the week before that, I was texting Drew and I'm like, hey, man, I'm finally starting to get lunars consistent. And he's like, sick, now work on your lunar flip. And I'm like, okay, I'll get there when I get there. Yeah. And it took me like 30 minutes in front of my camera to film the first one to text him and be like, finally got it. Haha, ha, take that. Yeah. And then, the, you know, when he's like, okay, it's time for a barrel roll, I'm moving, you know, I'm trying that and I'm practicing that lunar flip to the point where it's the same point where I was like, oh yeah, I, I got lunar down, Drew. And he's like, okay, well now get your flip down. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Like, uh -huh. you know, and it's, I've realized in, in a beautiful way, it's not, it would stress some people out, I feel like, but it's just a never ending upward staircase of that where, well, yeah, you've got that consistent, but look at this next thing, try this. And then at a certain point, your brain kicks in and starts coming up with ideas. Yeah, and that, that's where the innovation happens. Yep. Is once you climb that ladder, you might end up somewhere that no one else has ever been before. Yeah. Um, I, I think of all of yo-yoing as like one single interconnected web, uh, kind of like the, like, like the tree of life, you know, how yeah. everyone's the same species, sort of. Um, <laughs> and so you might end up at some part over by like a stegosaurus that no, that, no one knows what comes after that. But yeah. you can then connect it over here with like a platypus and get a platypus stegosaurus trick. Exactly. Uh, an analogous, oh God. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, right? I, I completely know what you mean, yes. Um, so, so I think that that's, that's super important of climbing that ladder as high as you can and then jumping off and finding out what you can find from there just yeah. as a matter of discovering innovations. Yep. Uh, Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. What do we even start talking about here? <laughs> yeah, it's up to you. Oh my God. I forget how this began, but I, I love where, where, it, uh, where it ended. Um, so, so yeah, definitely. Uh, so you had that point on, um, on like, oh, I forget what it was that you were bringing up. It was it was the first that when I when I asked you what what we should talk about, you shared it, and now we've gone so far that I oh just stay, you know finding finding what clicks with you and taking that as far as you yeah. possibly can. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, cool. There it is. We found what we wanted. We freaking as far as we can. Um, did you have any other any other things? That was really the main thing. As soon as I okay. saw that message from you, like 
that came to mind and it was one of those things where you know when it's two in the morning and i'm trying to fall asleep I'm just going through my brain and i'm thinking through my friends and what they're good at and what and i'm like okay this little harebrained idea like might actually have a little bit of evidence to back it up and i've yeah. just been like building this case in my head for the last few nights and that's that so you made me think of one more thing of you you're the only person who knows your exact set of skills, right? Yep. And so if you take the things that you love and you build those out, you, there is always a market for the best in the world at the thing, at, at yeah. any thing. Like yep. someone who spins plates, there is someone who only spins plates, but they're the best in the world at it. And there's yeah. only one person who knows your exact yo-yo style. And so you need to master that and become the best in the world at whatever it is that you do. Um, yeah. A lot of like not comparing yourself to other people. That's um, something I really love about yo-yoing yeah. is I, I'm not a competitive person whatsoever. You will <laughs> never see me. When you see me nervous at a contest, it's not because of other people. It's because I want to do my best. Yeah. Like, and that's something cool about yo-yoing is the amount of contest after parties where people walked up to me and I looked upset or disappointed. I was never mad at anyone else. It's something where you don't have any room to blame another person. It's not a team sport where you can be like, well, so-and-so really messed up. Yeah. You know, if you bomb your routine on stage, unfortunately that's on you, but it leads to you growing as a player because of it. That's so I love that. I, I watched some of your freestyles and I love that you said that because some of them you would end and like it was the end of the routine, but there was one that you hit really, really well. <laughs> 2018 and I, I Nationals. Someone that joyous at the 2018 end. Like, Nationals. Screamed, ran yep. off the stage, and everyone in the audience loved it too. Yep. Um, could you just go into like what what prompted that to to get to that point of emotion? So something we've all heard people talk about that until that moment, I, I, it was something where I heard it and I was like, oh, this sounds kind of cool. I never understood what people meant by an out-of-body experience until that routine. Uh -huh. I, on the video, that's me doing the routine, but I was not conscious for it. I, I, so I was first up, I remember, uh, for the entire day, they started the day with the 4A division. So I'm backstage with what Ryan. What contest is this? Just so people can uh, 2018 up. Nationals in Chicago. Okay. Uh, what's that? You're backstage, right? Yeah. So I'm backstage with Miles Gregory, Ryan Connolly, Sean Perez. Uh, oh my gosh. I know I'm leaving people out. I love all you 4A players. I'm sorry. Philip White. Uh, <laughs> And so we're all making this joke of like, we're not dropping, right? First person to drop their yo-yo just walks off stage and you, we call it. We'll see how long we can keep the street going. Everyone's like, oh yeah, ha ha ha. And so I walk out there and my first two elements, I drop and catch. Mm. And it's like, it, that's the, that, after the second negative click is when my memory goes completely blank. And I like, I can almost swear to you, I was in the crowd too watching wow. myself on stage and then i remember landing the last trick and scream i like i said i'm not a competitive person so if you watch just that freestyle you're like this man is here to kill like yeah i you know i'm screaming like i was trying to destroy everybody else but it was there was a lot going on that was my last contest that i worked for yo tricks for 
And so it's the only time in my life I have like actively been aware of like, this is the end of an era. I should make this one count. Yeah. And so I just remember like snapping back into it as the music ends and realizing like, I think I just did what I wanted to do. And then I don't remember screaming. I remember like stumbling, legitimately stumbling off stage from how like much that took out of me. And just yeah. falling into Sean Perez's arms and he's just like shaking me and screaming and everyone backstage is just like, we're all going to kill it. Let's go guys. Let's do it. <laughs> like, and so it just, I loved it because it like, even I'm not giving myself credit for it, but I'm grateful that the crowd enjoyed my routine and energy enough that it was like a spark plug for at least the rest of the 4A division that that crowd was just electric that day. Yeah. Like it, I, I won't even put it on myself but there was just such a good group of people in the audience that it just had i mean that was miles gregory's uh breakout contest you know yeah like if the energy hadn't have been what it was in the room maybe he doesn't hit all of his tricks at the intensity he does who knows so yeah. that i mean yeah that's just something it's it was when I learned I perform best when I am on the absolute verge of collapse, whether it's no sleep, whether it's crippling pressure, like whatever it is, I, yeah. you know, it's, I perform best with it. So that does interest me of what a warmed up crowd, because I know this is like in, in stand up comedy. Yes. Which I also they do. Have people who just warm up crowds. Yeah. That is their job that they're paid to do because it, it's a real thing of a warm crowd is different than a non warmed up crowd. Cause when you show up to a show, you're like thinking about your day, you're doing all this stuff, but then you get 15 minutes of someone who has like a solid routine of jokes and now you're laughing, you're having fun. And now the person next to you that you didn't want to sit next to, cause they're just some stranger. They're just someone that you've been laughing with. And you're just laughing with room. Uh, what was that? Yeah, no, you, I mean, that's, yeah, you're just sitting there laughing with them and it brings, you know, that warm up. I feel like brings everybody to the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's something that could be brought into yo-yoing more and like what that would look like because it is a performance that we're giving. Yeah. I, I truly think it's as, I, I probably prefer it actually at the end of the day, but a lot of nationals that I've been to, at least U.S. nationals, oh. it, when, for finals, it starts with foray. And I, yeah. maybe I'm a biased foray player. Maybe I am. But I think in terms of a crowd, especially at events that are in a more public venue, if half of your crowd is non-yo-yoers, you're not going to start them off with, you know, watch a really dense tech routine. If yeah. you sit down 50 people that have never seen yo-yoing before, which and I would say at every contest, there is that crowd because there's the parents and the siblings and the aunts, uncles, grandparents. Yeah. So when you start with Offspring, you're not starting by watch this really good, really consistent tech routine. It's watch somebody with a big yo-yo throw it really high. Yeah. You know, so it gets people in that like, oh, I can get into this. I love this. And then when 1A comes around, they've been so engaged the entire time. You know, if you've never seen yo-yoing before, you're like, I have no idea what's going on, but I can tell it's awesome. Yeah. And now they're starting to understand like, oh, it's not just a old Duncan. Exactly. 
there's there's skill and they've seen i mean there is the flying up that's what catches your eye at first but then they go oh there's like you know intricacy in what they're doing and all these yeah. tricks look a little bit different um that that almost makes you think of like an opener a middle and a closer yeah which like like uh, oh, back to magic. <laughs> if you go on a magic website, they will list out tricks and be like, this is the perfect opener for your routine. Yeah. Or this trick is so strong, you can use it as a closer. And then yep. there's like, you know, you do a rope trick in the middle or something that's a little bit longer and tells a exactly. story. Exactly. And it's the same thing. You need to grab their attention, do a little stuff with them, and then yep. give it a close with a grand finale. Um, when I, I even like when it comes to my stage performances, I mean, the last the last thing I did right before the pandemic hit, which was a pretty, pretty good way to go out with a bang. Personally, uh, I had went down to Atlanta with a juggling friend of mine for the Groundhog Day Juggling Festival, uh, which I don't think it was close to Groundhog's Day. But <laughs> uh, and then while I was in Atlanta, uh, Sean Perez and Brian Jarden were like, and Dano the Mano, Danny Amir down in Florida, shout out to the legend, uh, was like, hey, come down to Florida, let's yo-yo. And it was like, I talked to the guy I'd driven with, and he's like, yeah, uh -huh. I'll just stay in Georgia another week. You head to Florida. And I went down there and got to perform on a couple different Disney stages. So, And, and that this was where I started it, because I was performing for a crowd of a few hundred people that had never yo-yoed before and you know it's near the kiosk so it's oh do some tricks and they'll probably walk over there and buy a butterfly xt mm -hmm. but sean and brian are in the crowd and noel coons and just a couple friends and so i throw in in all of my routines like these little easter egg like i might throw in a really dense technical trick in the middle just so that ju just for the like friend's sake of it or something it, it's happened to me once and it's the reason I've kept doing it, but I had someone that got started yo-yoing through watching my routine and three quarters of that, you know, are my performance tricks that anybody could learn in probably six months, you know, a couple of years to master, but you can do them yeah. in six months and the other 25% were those like dense tricks and this person that started yo-yoing from one of my shows came back and was like, hey, I was just re-watching your routine. I didn't realize you had tech in there. Mm -hmm. So it even, say you want to take a trip down memory lane and look back, and I look back at an old one, I'm like, ooh, I forgot I even threw that combo in there. Like, it's just a fun yeah. little Easter egg breadcrumb something, you know, something to leave in there. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I, I know that whenever I, whenever I do any performance for any group of people, like, I start with, something that that's big and showy like you're saying and then i always end with with this <laughs> you know yeah of course but to have that to throw in that little tech stuff just to get the the other yoyers in the crowd to watch it just i like how you're calling it an easter egg like <laughs> well and something uh, i feel like the audience would agree with at least is you have the hidden advantage of being probably the most flowy yo-yo player imaginable. So they're just watching an absolute master work as magic. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a, I'll take that as a compliment. I think. Absolutely. So I, I don't, I don't know if I can agree with that because of the existence of Anthony Rojas, <laughs> uh, but, um, but I, oh, 
Damn, you, you complimented me so hard, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, totally lost that out of my head. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, Easter eggs I, and breadcrumbs. Yeah. Well, wait, what? I said Easter eggs and breadcrumbs. What, what, I'm trying to... Easter eggs and breadcrumbs. <laughs> That's the only part of my head. Um, <laughs> well, I do know there's... I, I do have other trick or uh, other stuff that, that does yeah. link into this, which is what would you say are the the tricks in foray that can get people excited? Because I know for me, this is probably what I was going to say. For me, like this is the best one a trick for a non-yoing audience. It's like yeah. that, boingy boy, gyro flop, uh, Eli hops. Those are the tricks that you can do for an audience and they'll go, wow, that was good. And they don't yeah. have to understand anything else. I remember what I was going to say, which is um, there is a difference of, and this is talking about in magic and I wrote uh, an essay about it on my blog. There's a difference between effect and method, right? Yeah. That um, if I make a coin disappear, then that coin like that obviously went somewhere. There's a way that I did it, but the effect on the audience is, I mean, here, I'll do it right now. I'm not going to show you how, but here's, here's a coin. And if I take this coin and I just go like that, then it disappears. So the effect is now that coin has vanished, right? But there's a method too. Yeah. But you don't actually care about the method as an audience because to you, it's like, oh my God, a coin is gone. But exactly. I care that like, oh, I did a French drop or a retention vanish, or I did a, a Tenkai palm, or I did a back palm, or I did, there's all these millions of different little intricacies that I care about as a magician, but you as an audience, you can do all those different things and the audience goes, wow, a coin vanished. Man, and, I, I didn't know if you were going to name the French drop. I was going to try and leave, just uh, give you a little subtle call out with that there, but I oh, respect no, it. It's it's fine. If if you if you're interested, look up all those things that I that I said. Yes. Um, there's so much depth in coin magic. Uh, Bobo's Modern Coin Magic. Go look it up. Very good book. Um, so then, to an audience, this looks very different to this. Yeah. But both look good, and so each of those have an effect. Where on one, it's like everyone's like, "Oh my God, it looks like a DNA. It looks like a spiral. It looks like a bunch of X's." Like it has an effect on them. Or this, it's like, oh my God, he can knock something off of, a, off of a table. It looks like a weapon. It looks dangerous. It looks fast. So there's all these uh, effects that they have. But then this, really to an audience, looks the same. Yeah. But I know it's very different. Um, and, and so like, it, it's that thinking of, uh, of effect versus method. And the one, the one last thing on your, what, th this is where I was going, the thing that I totally forgot is when you do something technical that would amaze a yo-yoer to an audience, it's, wow, he can do that so fast and yeah. so precisely. And so, yeah, to me, I think if someone goes and does tech exclusively for an audience, they're going to lose their audience immediately. Yeah. But to have that as one extra effect is really important. And, and it's not at all to talk down on tech. No, no, I, no, no. I don't like tech. That's what I'm getting at is – if you just go up there and you do your speed combo a million times, that's, that's, 
it's me doing a speed dump. It's not it's man. Not I mean, I. Uh-huh. You you can edit this out afterwards. I don't know if this is an inappropriate phrase. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But you know, it's it's different strokes for different folks. Like uh-huh. it's you know, you, I mean, you and I could sit down in in a ballroom at Worlds and watch someone do that tech for two hours. Definitely. But you know, it's knowing your audience is what it comes down to. Like I have people that I've talked to that actually have gotten a little bit upset, and they're like, you know, you think you're better because you can entertain an audience, and I'm like. No, we entertain different audiences. Yes. You know, my target is people who have maybe touched a yo-yo once in their life. Maybe they've never even seen it. You are impressing all of the best of the best within this community. You know, they serve completely different purposes. Completely. Yeah. Completely. There's, I mean, there's comedians and, and magicians who work Disney cruises doing tricks that you can buy at, any magic shop, but they do it better than anyone. And they're funny and they're lovable as an entertainer. And that's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, go and perform for other magicians and win contests, but they'll win a contract on a Disney cruise line. (laughs) Like, yeah, well, no, and it's, it's one of those, like, something when, you know, when people ask me, how can they start performing or something, you know, how to get into it? First of all, I, the biggest thing I think is doing what you are comfortable with. You know, your first few times on stage, you've got to work out those bugs. You've got to work through the nerves. You know, you have to learn to yo-yo while your hands are shaking like crazy. Yeah. You know, but it's, so you just need to do what you're comfortable with. And if you're doing a show at a local library for five children under the age of five, you know, you can do five minutes of your tech if that's what you're most comfortable with, you know, and you just build up more and more to being able to do your entire trick set while you're shaking from the pressure, yes. you know, but we'll, we'll take this back to magic. Something that learning magic through the pandemic taught me for my performances. Oh. I used to be announced as ladies and gentlemen, you know, showing yo-yoing for you today is so-and-so he's going to be doing this, this and that. And then he's going to show you a yo-yo that's not attached to the string. Yes. And then I start getting into magic. And, you know, the number one rule is if you're going to make that quarter disappear, you don't go, okay, now this quarter is going to disappear. I'm going to hold it up right here. And then it's going to be gone. You don't telegraph what you're going to do. And so now I'm just introduced as Chris Chun yo-yoer. So I'll get up there. I'll start off with a Duncan Hornet and I'm doing my around the worlds. I'm doing my loops. And it's something where they're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Then I grab an unresponsive one a yo-yo and I start doing my figure eights and I do my Eli hops and that stuff. And so the off string is honestly the finale in terms yeah. of my show, because they're seeing in there, you know, I'll tell them if I have a microphone, I'm going to take you from early days to modern yo-yoing. And so that's start off with the responsive yo-yo Maybe I do a little bit of two A and then go into unresponsive. And then I say, you know, and then yo-yoing evolved further than any of us ever thought it would. And that's where the off string yo-yo comes out. And yeah. at this point, they think they've already seen the whole show. So it's just that cherry on top. And, and little does the audience know that your main style is the one that they think is the hardest. And so they're like, what? <laughs> How does this person do this so well? One of my favorite things is uh, when I meet people at contests who only know me from Yo Tricks. And when I was with Yo Tricks, I did, I think, about 31A tutorials. 
in my in my entire time with yo tricks i filmed one off string tutorial so these kids will come up to me at a contest after i get off stage and they're like when did you start doing off string yeah and i'm like no this is they're like you play 1a why aren't you why didn't i see you in prelims and i'm like no that's not me i teach that (laughs) i don't you know yeah 1a is just my guilty pleasure (laughs) oh my god I I love, first of all, I love that, that one is your guilty pleasure. I wish that 4A were my guilty pleasure, but I just yeah. don't have the patience to go chase after it. Um, uh, we'll see. Maybe this conversation will change my mind. But one thing I love that you pointed out there is, like, what a good structure for a routine and what an interesting thing for people who only compete to think about of like, if you're trying to get in touch with a non-yoyoing audience, everybody knows a yo-yo goes down and up. So start with two A. Start with yeah. a single two A yo-yo and just start doing that. And they'll go, oh, this guy's kind of bad. He doesn't know what he's doing. I could do that. And then you start doing loops with it. And then you start doing like shoot the moon. And then you bring out a second one. You start doing like two hand loops and milk the cow and, and tangler, which by the way, another great performance piece for two A. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like that would get a crowd to go wild. Uh, or if you're shooting Takata, then go to a kick up and, and flip it under your body. Exactly. Breakdowns. Um, but then go into 1A and then finish on 4A. Like that's such an interesting, that's an actual show. That's not yeah. up and doing a freestyle. That is a show someone could go and watch. Well, and that's, I, I honestly, I, I was going to say, I think, I, I'm, I'm convinced. I would say I know personally, it might not be true, but that I, I think I'm a 10 times better performer than competitor. Yeah, I can, it's harder for me to put together three minutes of off string tricks or three minutes of 1A tricks to do for a group of yo-yoers than it is for me to do an hour show in front of a thousand people. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what it is about it, but there's, I, lo- I would say I love the process of performing more than doing a freestyle. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that's, I mean, that's a lot of what I talk about is yo-yoers are really good at yo-yoing, but yeah. they're often not good performers. Yeah. Like Gentry <laughs> became a better performer and you can watch him become a better performer and it made him a better yo-yoer because he was also a really good yo-yoer. But like performance is its own art. Acting is its own art. And like yeah. telling a story is an art and you well, can they- go yo-yo tricks and then literally like sit around tell a monologue about a story about your life and go back to yo-yo tricks and the audience yeah. will eat that up because they don't care about yo-yoing they care about you well and that's something like i feel like yo-yoers when they if they get into performing and it's something i didn't understand at first you know any of this advice i give out or anything i say is not me saying i got it off the bat and i'm the best there ever was you know it's it's all stuff that i had to learn the hard way but something i remember learning early on the crowd does not care how hard your trick is. <clears throat> you know, you that and I could get in that. front of, yeah, we could get in front of a hundred thousand person audience. I could do the Super Bowl halftime show and I'm going to get a bigger reaction from two Eli hops than all of ladder escape. Yeah. And you know, like something Jake Maloney does in his school show. I, I was one of my favorite, like full circle moments was I got started from one of his shows and eventually I did a few shows with him in schools, which wow. was the same show I got started on. 
And so I got to be a part of it this time. And Jake will tell people, okay, are you ready for my hardest trick, my biggest trick? This is the craziest thing. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, yeah. He goes, okay, this is a picture trick called the Wall of China. And he's warming up through it. He, I've seen him do it so many times. He will actually crack his neck loud enough for the entire audience to hear it. He's just like the Wall of China, just going through it. And he's like, okay. And it's just, <laughs> that's it. But to this group of people, like, they're like, I don't know how, what yo-yoing is. Maybe that's really difficult. Like, yeah. they're not, you know, but if they're not impressed by the trick, even though he builds it up as his best trick, as his craziest trick, and, yeah. you know, he does it as a little joke, but it's, yeah. the crowd's not like, oh, he said that's hard, so I, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. When he does DNA, you know, vortex bind, whatever you want to call it, that's when they clap. He could say, oh, I learned that in five minutes. Yeah. You know, they that no it idea. doesn't matter. The audience really doesn't know. That, so that's, that's one more thing uh, that's made me think of magic, is there is ma gimmicked and ungimmicked magic. Yep. And ungimmicked magic means it's pure sleight of hand and misdirection, and it's way harder. And then there's gimmicked magic, where you can do the exact same effect, like I was talking about, but the gimmick does all the work, but it has the same effect, so it doesn't matter. And eventually, no, I, first people yeah. are like, oh, I want to do completely ungimmicked. I'm one of those people. But eventually, same. they learn. Like, Unfortunately, same. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And when you're first learning, it's important to, to do it because you yeah. build skills that way. But eventually, if you're a real professional and you're working every day and this is what you do, you're going to go, all right, I'm just going to use the gimmick. Or if you're us, all right, I'm going to do Great Wall of China, but I'm going to build it up so much that the audience is like, just eats it up. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's, I mean, when I, when I started learning card magic, yeah. I, because my uncle, uh, I, I unfortunately never met him. He passed very shortly after I was born, but he was one of the biggest magicians in Michigan. Really? And so he was, he, and even when he was, he was on his deathbed for, I think four months. And that four months, he was just booking shows for other magicians. Like that man was a performer until his last breath. Uh -huh. And so I, I didn't even <laughs> intend to learn magic. I was like, oh, there's a magic shop down the street. Let me see if he knew my uncle. And I walked in there and he was like, oh yeah, we did a few shows together. You guys related, that's cool. And it was like, yeah, do you mind selling me like a gimmick deck? Um, but him and I talked about yo-yoing. He's like, no, you're a performer. I'm gonna make you learn this. And I was like, ah, but here I am a year later, I can use a gimmick or ungimmick deck. You know, I've got a smooth rough deck and I've got a bicycle deck that I can do a prediction routine with. It just depends yeah. on how hard you want to make it for yourself. Yeah. Do you want to, you know, do you want to do a dense tech trick that if you drop one string, there's a knot that's going to take four minutes to undo? Exactly. Or double or nothing hops. Like, and even if you're in a contest and you're like, oh, I want to do the hardest trick possible. I am convinced that the judges can't tell the difference. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are at yo-yoing. If they're not going to be able to tell the difference between a really hard trick that if you drop one string, you're going to have to swap yo-yos or a trick that looks also really complicated, but is done really well and is completely non yeah. only you know it. Yeah. And you can, you can almost signal to the judges, this, is, this one's really hard. Like, yeah. you don't have to say it. You can almost be like... 
it, no, it, and that's, yeah. Which that right there is a trick like I've been doing for so long and I know that I can hit it. But and, as long yeah. as you have the time and you just act, like yep. you could probably double your points that way. <laughs> no, and that's, it's like even competing because I've learned a lot about competing even through performing for audiences of non-yo-yoers mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, there's little things you can change up. You know, there, there's things I've learned. There's tricks I'll do in a routine you know, when, I, when I'm in a 1A prelim, it doesn't score me anything. I haven't yeah. done a 1A prelim in four years that I didn't do a Texas Cowboy in. Because it's like, if you do 55 seconds of, like, dense tricks, you know, of yeah. prelim tricks, like, you know, if I'm in a 1A prelim, I unfortunately can't do all my original tricks because I want two minutes to show them off. So I'm doing my hook combo, my rail combo, all of that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But then you finish the last five seconds with a Texas Cowboy, that eval judge is going to be laughing as he looks down at his sheet to start writing your scores. That's such a good point. Of like, like... <laughs> And I don't even think it's cheating the system. I've judged yeah. a few times before, and I know it's brutal. So it's also like, let me give you guys a little bit of fun. You guys aren't going to watch me do a minute-long rail combo, bow, and walk off stage, which there's nothing wrong with. I, you know, that's just not the competitor that I am. Yeah. It, it's not gaming the system. It's doing a good performance. Because that is also, like, if you're doing a Broadway show, you want to end on a really good number. Yeah. Because that's all anyone's going to remember. And so if you're doing a yo-yo performance, like – you know, there's, there's different levels to the performance like we we're talking about. Almost like 4A is the opener, like all of the 4A is yeah. the opener. But then individually, each competitor has their own little show also. Yep. And so the, the individual competitor is kind of its own little performance. Each of their tricks is sort of their own little performance. And then also the entire division and then also the entire contest. Like yeah. All of those have to follow this opener, middle, closer format. And if you do it well, like you'll have really good, um, you'll just have a much better performance and you'll be contributing to the overall event too. Well, that's, and I think this all comes back to what I brought up earlier. Yeah. It's doing what you are best at. It, yeah. You don't, if, if you're best at the meta, follow the meta, go get those clicks. Like I respect it, you know, but it's, if every, say there's 10 competitors in a 1A division all doing their best in their own realm, you know, Gentry is going to go up there and most likely use a Monster Cat style EDM song. And that's yeah. what I think Gentry performs best to, and he's going to kill it. And then Michael Curdy is going to walk up there to a Soldier Boy and Meek Mill remix. Yes. And Yo-Yo to rap with tricks on his man bun. And he's doing what's best for him. So they're, him and Gentry, while in completely different corners or spheres of yeah. what's happening in the competition, are both adding to the event to their maximum capacity because they're in their lane. Absolutely. Find what your style is and build through it. And also another thing on that is a yo-yo performance isn't just the tricks you do. It's costuming, it's lighting, it's, it's, uh, it's colors, it's like, and it's music also, especially yeah. if there's dance involved. Um, I, want, I want so bad someone to stop yo-yoing and add dance into their routine for a significant portion. I think yeah. that would be, like, I don't think yo-yo uh, freestyles are long enough to allow for it right now, <laughs> but that would make contests better. Some, while you were talking, I think a lot of contests that I've been to, and I think it's gotten better, 
um, if it's a bunch of people who don't embrace their own style, it's like if you go to, uh, this is going to be a controversial topic, I guess, but if you go to a freak show, which I'm not like condoning or not condoning freak shows as a, as a thing. I mean, show, with all due respect to <laughs> go ahead. Bearded woman after bearded woman after bearded woman. It's like the, the carnival barker's like, ah, oh, come here and see the bearded woman. You're like, ah, oh, bearded woman. And he goes, and in the next round is another bearded woman. Exactly. Like, it's no fun. Yeah. It's going to be like, okay, there's no surprise here. It's like, ah, oh, watch this person do dense tech. And now for the next one, it's another person doing the same thing. Who's yep, wearing and that, a cream shirt and uh, yo-yoing to EDM. Yeah. I mean, that's another big part of my, uh, that 2018 nationals routine that I think led to like me having that like emotional moment on stage. It was the first time I ever performed the tricks I wanted to the music I wanted. And it's the best I've ever placed at nationals. I got third, but you know, the song I used was ridiculous. It was Butterfly from the original Dance Dance Revolution. And it was something that I was just like, I'm going to use this one day. And then, you know, I was on my way out of Yo Tricks. And I was like, this is the perfect time. I've wanted to use this since I started. This is the end of an era. And then yeah. even at the, the next Midwest Regionals, I did my foray routine to Video Killed the Radio Star. Like, uh -huh. That's not a yo-yo song by meta means. And I remember talking with Dazzling Dave and he was like, Chris, I finally figured out what was missing from your routines when you weren't winning MWR. And I was like, oh, what's that? And he was like, you weren't having fun. Yeah. And I was like, no, what do you mean? I always, and you know, and then on the flight home and the w days, nights and weeks after that, I, I started realizing like, oh, I'm actually doing it how I want to do it now. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it's going to sound so cheesy, so cheesy, but it's self-acceptance. Like, it's just yeah. being like, this is, you know, I'm not trying to do Gentry's tricks. Gentry's not trying to do my tricks. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're two people doing what we want to do on stage that feels good for us. Absolutely. And I will add that this is almost easy for us. How old are you? 23. You're 23. I'm 24. Like... It's easy for you to be able to do that once you actually know who you are as a person. And if you are in high school, like you probably don't actually know who you are as a person. Uh, you probably think that you do and you probably have an inkling of what it really is, but you genuinely don't. And it's hard and, yeah. to accept yourself when you don't know who you are. So if that is your situation, then do whatever you want. Copy someone else's style and yeah. just learn as much as you can because it'll slowly develop and then you'll have the skills to back it up once yep. you're able to, and once you actually can be yourself. Exactly. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to add just for the people on the podcast, I was, I was remembering the yeah. great wall of China trick. It, that's purely visual. It's imagine a double or nothing or no, imagine a 1.5, but you don't go into the string and you just make a square out of the string is what that's just spread like. your fingers. Yeah. Just a giant yeah. rectangle like a one and a half that you don't actually do anything with. <laughs> um, so just wanted to get that in there. Uh, so yeah, uh, be yourself and embrace what it is that makes you yourself. It, I don't think that Coffin would be as popular or well-known as he is if it weren't for how much he like violently embraced himself. No, violently absolutely. Word there, but like deeply embraced who he is. Speaking of which, he just got back. No, it's something I respect about players like Coffin so much is 
I, because it's like you said, like when, you know, when I was in high school, I was what, 15 years old working 40 hours a week and yo-yoing on top, you know, school full-time, working full-time and still like trying to learn off string and make all that work. And so when it comes time for competition, I'm just like, oh, this is what won the last contest I saw. I learned those tricks. I do those tricks. I win. But as I got older and I, even in terms of like clothing that I wear on a daily basis, as I just developed as a person and was like, ooh, I like floral shirts. These pants are cool. You know, whatever it is, I started realizing you take a liking to certain kinds of tricks and certain styles and those things that as you develop as a person, I feel like your yo-yoing is able to grow with you. Like Brian Figueroa is one of the all-time greats of off-string, but he, you know, he's not that single man competing at BAC anymore. He's a father and a husband. Like, and his tricks, I feel like have matured with him. When you watch it, you're like, oh, that's adult yo-yoing. Yeah. Like, oh. and they're so good too. It, there's just, it's so good. Yeah. No, and that's what I love, you know, I'm sure you've seen NFK around, is that's, like, all that NFK is really promoting, is, like, do what makes you happy. You know, yeah. NFK, the slogan is for the players, because it's, like, you don't want to do something you're not having fun with. Play yeah. with your toys. Absolutely. At the end of the day, this freehand one is a toy. This yeah. tourney is a toy. It's not meant to be taken too seriously. Yeah. If you're stressing over that, you know, like, just just have fun with what you've got. Yeah. Even if you spend $1,000 on a really fancy titanium, you'd spend $1,000 on a toy. <laughs> yeah. And well, if that's what makes that. you happy and you're going to use yeah. that to its extent, cool. But if you buy that expecting it to make you better, you know, you, you got to be in it for the right reasons. That's when the real growth comes. Yeah. A yo-yo is not going to make you better, and it's also not going to make you happy. I'm sorry, Jordan. <laughs> I'm not calling anyone out here. It's all stuff everyone's learned over, you know, you learn it over yeah. time. We've all picked up on it. Uh, and sell yo-yos you don't use is another thing. Cause Absolutely. Around. So, you know, help your bank account. Um, so you mentioned doing a one-hour performance for a 1,000 people. Yes. Just kind of on the offhand, which yeah. as a person sponsored by Duncan, I think you are – like you have the opportunities to do that how on earth do you do that on behalf of the entire audience because all of us are used to yo-yoing being a three minute tiny thing that happens right here right in this little box yeah. how do you fill a stage and then fill a time of one hour for a giant crowd of people okay so i i talked about how when you do your first few like my my first ever public performance, the reason I use the example of uh, the reason I use the example of a library show for five people under the age of five is because that was my first performance. My mm -hmm. local library saw me yo-yoing in the corner and was like, hey, we're going to be doing a opening of something, you know, some room in here. Let's, uh, you know, would you mind doing a show for us? And I was like, uh, sure. And I remember just standing there being like, I learned this trick last week and doing a trick like just panicking yeah and so it's so we've talked about stand-up comedy and magic and obviously yo-yoing and skill toys but these are all like like stand-up comedy is a muscle like yeah it, it you know magic 
is a muscle on top of the muscles that you know you're building in your hands from pinky counting and things like that you're also building that mental muscle of performing it you can do it in front of your mirror a million times until you're on the streets or asking your waitress or in my case bothering my roommates every other day saying hey can you catch me doing anything here like that's where that mental part comes from and so once you get comfortable in that, you know, I performing yo-yoing led to me getting into stand-up comedy for the sense alone that it was like, I need to feel as comfortable on stage as possible. Yeah. And I feel safest with a yo-yo. So if I strip myself like naked of all tools and just have to talk for five, 10, 15 minutes on stage, it's going to suck for a while. Yeah. But you build up that muscle and you get better at it. Yeah. So, you know, if I have, and, and it that, also teaches you like actual performance skills. Yeah, because now you have to entertain with nothing. Yeah, you can entertain with nothing, just like if you can whip bind off of a carpet, then you can easily entertain when you have something to do stuff with. It's it's that same concept. It's that yeah. exact. I was going to bring it back to that. It's that exact same concept where, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be on this on this uh, podcast and tell you. I'm going to be the biggest stand-up comedian in the world. But like I said, stripping myself of any tools I have, because Mm -hmm. any yo-yoer can can impress an audience with some yo-yo tricks. When you take away, in my opinion, the only thing at that time I was good at on a stage, I'm, you know, it's throwing yourself in the deep end and drowning for a bit. Yeah. Like, you know, there is no lifeguard. And so it's like, when I do an hour long show, I've, I've, I'm happy to say I've like built up a comfortability in front of a crowd that, if, you know, that hour long show, I probably planned about 45 minutes. Yeah. And the other 15 is me calling out people in the audience, making a little joke, you know, uh, you know, just improving, doing some crowd work. Like it, it just reached a point where I, like I said, I'm very lucky to do it, but I, I was able to do it consistently enough to where to this day i am happiest and most comfortable on a stage that that is the only time my brain is off and i'm just going i'm just doing my thing i'm not thinking twice because i you know i i feel comfortable enough to just do it now so if someone wanted to start doing yo-yo performance which i think is like so important how what is the first step like what do they do what do they prepare? How much material? How much time? What so, would you recommend? Because we talked a little bit about the structure of like 2A184, a great structure if you want to just use that as a as a framework. But yeah, what things. If you want to start performing, I honestly would say start by just building five minutes. Just make five minutes of you talking. And it doesn't have to be original material. My first five minutes when I was, you know, it was essentially an exercise for me to say, I mean, because I was going to be performing with Yo Tricks around around Michigan. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing my own performances. And I'm like, I just need to be able to perform and be on stage and go with the flow. So I wrote, I essentially wrote Yo-Yo history for that I could fill five minutes with and do tricks relevant to that time period as I talked. Mm. You know, I, I had to kind of run through like drills in my own head of, 
okay, let me write out five minutes. Let me get that five minutes so tight that I can do it on a moment's notice. And then, you know, and then you're like, okay, I'll do four minutes. Give myself a minute to take a deep breath and chuckle on stage. Maybe, you know, take a lap, walk around while you're talking, whatever, you know, but it's, uh, if you're looking for a place to start performing, at least in Michigan, I, I assume it would be like this all around. There were multiple comedy open mics that I would go to before I was, you know, a face around the Michigan comedy scene with friends, not as a big name. That no, nah. <laughs> But, you know, I'd show up and just be like, hey, guys, I got a big show. You mind if I do 10 minutes tonight of yo-yoing? And, you know... Like these people are like, wait, what's going on? I'm like, ah, I'm a yo-yoer. I'm learning how to perform better through stand-up. And then you show them a couple of tricks. And if you know, if you know what you're doing with a yo-yo, most of the time they're going to be like, that's so sick. Give our audience a break from these open micers doing the same set for the ninth week in a row with nothing yeah. changed. Yeah. Like, so just go out there and you know, what it, I I think when you're starting, it doesn't matter whether you're in front of ten people or a thousand. Yeah. You know. It's just because you don't see the crowd when you're first getting used to all of it. Yeah. You are so terrified and in your own head. I don't think it matters how many people are in front of you. Yeah. So just go do it. Just, yeah. you know, yeah. Just try and, and get out there. With- a bunch of comedians who don't care about comedy and want to see literally anything else because yeah. all they watched are... 15 of the worst acts over and over and over. Yeah, they've got an open mic with 30 people. Half, like, the entire audience is just comics waiting to go up. Like, mm-hmm. you you are making their night better by practicing. I I did some open mics. One I did, I did, uh, I did magic and uh, butchered the trick. Of course. But the, the audience like because it was new material i was just trying out the audience was so thankful to just see something that wasn't comedy like oh yeah everything went wrong there wasn't a, a mic stand so i had to have someone up there holding my mic for me so i could hold my cards and i'm like up there doing this terrible stuff none of my jokes landed and the trick barely worked it did work but barely and the yeah. audience was still like oh my god that was amazing you are exactly amazing. this is incredible like just because it's they, they want to see something and there are comedy open mics everywhere just for everyone yes yeah. like I, look it up in your city they're there google open mic followed by your city and state i where i live in las vegas there's probably five within a five mile radius that i could do a week you know you just yeah find an and and like you said they're just so happy for that break the amount of times i have botched routines and I shouldn't have been worried about it. This is a crowd of comedians who's just like, I don't, okay, this is great. I love this. You're not telling bad jokes. Like, you know, you could bomb. Like you said, your trick barely worked. I, I remember one time someone requested do the thing where the string spins on your finger. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Took me two and a half minutes to land a vortex bind. But then when I did, they're like, sick. Yeah. Like, you know, you are making their night better and learning to be a better performer. And as I got tighter with these people, they'd be like, hey, I wrote a couple of jokes you might you could try and throw in there. Hey, what I like, I noticed you kind of messed this one up. Like, co- comedians are willing to help each other. Yeah. It's you a know? really good community. Oh, it's it's great. Yeah. And no, there's people, so many more comedians than yo-yos. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
No, so um, that's just go out there and, you know, try it out. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and go with it of, like, I want to make my yo-yoing better. Maybe you'll find that you love comedy, too. Um, yeah. But uh, just to throw some books out, there's the, the Serious Guide to Joke Writing. I forget who made that. There's Greg Dean's Step-by-Step to Stand-Up Comedy. And then Scott Dickers, who founded The Onion, wrote uh, How to Write Funny, that whole series. Um, uh, so another, great, another great book recommendation. Yeah. I can't remember the specific title of it, but it's a book written by Martin Short. And it's not a specific how to write jokes book, but it was something that when I read, you kind of get into his head and his process for it all. That's, and that's awesome. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and find it after we get off of this. Yeah, and send you the link. I would love to read that. Um, Martin Short's great. He's the guy who's worked with Steve Martin a lot, right? Yeah. He's the, yeah. Uh, he's the tiny uncle on Arrested Development, the one that gets yes. carried around. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so that's awesome. So there you go. If you want to start, start at your start your uh, local open mic, and then, I mean, you can honestly be a yo-yoing comedian. There's magic yeah. comedian. That that's a job title. Yeah, <laughs> but you can do that. If you're telling me you don't think you can get on a cruise ship with thirty minutes of yo-yoing and yeah. five jokes, you're lying. Yeah, and, <laughs> but... and one other thing I want to point out is nowhere in this have we mentioned. Um, a, a 3.0 hook yeah like when i asked you what do you do for an audience it was oh i had to come up with a way to tell some story i had to i told the history of yo-yoing which is storytelling which yeah. is performance what we do as yo-yoers is not performance and it, they should not be confused and yep. that's one of the things i don't like about contests is that it does confuse those two and it makes people think that there is one thing which is this yo-yoing which is, if you want to be the best, you have to do the most string hits. And that's just not true. Because that's yeah. not what audiences care about, of real humans that aren't yo-yoers. And when you do it for, that's another thing Open Mics will teach you, um, on top of all the other things we mentioned, is it'll show you, like not only were they happy that they weren't seeing comedy, they were happy to see yo-yoing when you were doing that. Because people don't know what good yo-yoing and not good yo-yoing is. It doesn't matter if they're uh, 75 or, or like a fifth grader uh, at, a, at an elementary school. You can do the Great Wall of China. The adults will laugh because it's a good joke. The kids will go, oh my God, he's an amazing yo-yoer. Yeah. You are. And everyone will have a great time. Like people don't know what's good, what's bad. They don't know when you make mistakes. They just love to see you perform the thing that you're good at. Yeah, and something something I really I, I can't forget uh, is I think a huge benefit that yo-yoers have over let's say juggling or stand-up comedy. Yeah, not everybody has juggled. Not everybody yeah. has gotten on stage and told jokes. So you are hard. It is hard to find a a person who just if you show them a yo-yo that will say I've never seen that in my entire life. Yeah. You know, my dad, when I started yo-yo, was like, this is crazy. I had the yo-yo man at my school when I was your age. And then as I, you know, when I perform now to Cub Scouts, these people are, this is their first experience. So in 10 years, they have their yo-yo story. You know, yeah. everyone has that story 
of their first time trying a yo-yo or something, you know, whether it's trying a yo-yo, seeing a performer with a yo-yo, everyone has some sort of fond memory with a yo-yo. So you have that advantage that their nostalgia is already kicking most of the time. Yeah. You just have to capture that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts on performing. I, we can say here to go. Yeah. There's another quote from, from the magic world of, uh, I, I want to say Aussie Wind actually said this, but it, it, it's this, this sort of idea has been around, it's kind of general, of um, you don't show an audience magic, but you help them see it for themselves. The, the magic exists only in their head, because obviously magic doesn't exist, but you can yeah. show it to them. And it's the same thing when you see a play, like you're not really, like you're telling them a story, but the emotions that they feel, you're not like presenting an emotion to them. You yeah. are presenting something that helps them find those emotions within themselves. And it's the same thing with yo-yoing. No, I, I completely I will say, agree. This, that did, did hit it. There it is. A 2.5 hook is not going to bring out that emotion anymore than a boingy boing where the audience can actually <laughs> understand what you're doing. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I hate that I flex on that every time. Every time I bring it up, I have to land one. <laughs> but which completely is against my point but it really doesn't matter if you can hit that or a 5.0 hook or a boingy boing it just matters how the audience perceives it and the effect that it has on them yep um god this is i i've been loving this conversation no this is great that's uh, i mean to to piggyback on what you're saying yeah it, it sounds a little bit mean to say i remember the first time i got told this and i was like well that's messed up but somebody told me like they're not here to see you. They're here to see your instrument. Yes. You know, it's sure in stand up comedy. I mean, the I, I got into comedy not for the comedians. I was like, I just want to go laugh at jokes. And so I started going to the comedy club. You know, eventually, I mean, Vegas, out here in Vegas, all the performers on the strip, most of the time they're there to see that person. But it's like, until you are at the highest level you can be, someone's not going to go look at the poster that says yo-yo, you know, Christopher Chun, yo-yo professional, Friday at 6 p.m., whatever. They're not going, whoa, Christopher Chun? They read yo-yo professional, and they're like, I want to see yo-yos. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and that's, uh, so that actually reminds me of something Penn and Teller once did. When they went to do their show, they didn't say what they did. They just advertised Penn and Teller, and people yep. had to go and find out that they were magicians. It's genius. Yeah, because their their producer knew if they go out and they're like, "Oh, it's a it's a it's a magic show," they're gonna go, "Okay, I'll bring my kids to see that." Which in yo-yoing is the case, but yeah. the point is, you're hooking them with yo-yoing in in your case, but then you bring them in, and then they realize, "Oh, this guy is now gonna show me himself instead of his yo-yoing." Yeah. It's why so many like magic posters and promo things have people with cards going like, and it looks ridiculous, but then you go and you see them and they have like a story to tell. And that's kind of what you do with yo-yoing. Oh yeah. If you're telling me like you get nothing from this poster other than it's how to read <laughs> minds. Like this, this is an old magic show. Yeah. The guy, I don't even know the magician who did it. Uh -huh. Like, he was just like, I'm just here to perform. You know, it's, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then, um, but I'm sure when you got to that show, 
he told uh, his story and you end up loving yeah. this man by the end of it. Completely. Uh, I want to just preempt, uh, I, I have family coming at 12. And so I'm not, I'm not saying I want to wrap up. We, we do have to wrap up soon-ish. But if someone just walks in and says, oh, hi, Ross, <laughs> it's probably my grandma. <laughs> Sounds good. If that happens, that might happen. But I got uh, you. No worries. But, you yeah, know, we got, we got some time still. They know that I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I have basically asked all of the questions I had, and I'm happy that we hit so much on performing, and I'm so happy that you are an actual performer. <laughs> You're not just a yo-yo word. You know how to perform um, and, and everything that comes with that. Which, yeah. which I totally see in your freestyles too, of just how much fun you have being on a stage for people. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'd honestly love to learn more about like how I can get more into yo-yo performance and how to use that because I've been thinking about including it in my in my magic show. And I'm always yeah no I'm always here even just privately to talk to you about this. Absolutely. Um, You're so, in California. I'm in California. Where? Uh, what city? Redondo Beach. Okay. I'll have to see how far that, do you know how far that is from Vegas? Is it a drive? That's sort of drivable. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a while. It's probably a few hours, but like we could meet in the middle or something. Yeah. No, well, I, I, and like, I'd be so down to hang out. I'm, yeah. Uh, no, I'm super down. God. And also Vegas is such a, per are you're living in Vegas right now? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, dude, that's such a good place for all performance. Oh, I moved out here because I had the opportunity to be in a show on the strip and then broke my wrist as soon as I got out here. Oh my God, dude, what show? Uh, it is, it, I don't even know. It was some show that was literally, they're like, it'll be on the strip. We can't really tell you, but we want to see you yo-yo in it. Like, we need you to come like show us what you do. And then I got out here, broke my wrist and they're like, ah, COVID canceled it anyways. Damn. Is that going to stick around after, after? I, it depends. They're just on, in limbo with COVID right now. Yeah. The, I, the most heartbreaking moment of my career is uh, in March of 2020, uh, the recruitment team from Cirque du Soleil reached out and said, hey, we want to have you come out to Vegas and try out for, you know, for, you know, run you through the ringer and see what you can do. Yeah. And then seven days later, the entire country was locked down. <laughs> That is so sad. It's wild. I mean, it all comes back around eventually. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you built that up, like, you just got to hit them up later. <laughs> it, and also the fact that you're getting reached out for things like that, like, you, you're going to be set. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to watch you. I, just, I'm excited to see... Uh, because while all this is on hold, you know, Vegas has two strips. There's the main strip in Fremont. Mm -hmm. I just to, just since I haven't been able to perform with my wrist being broken, I want to get down to Fremont Street with a street performing license and just get back in the groove of being in front of a crowd. Yeah. Like it's, and that'll leave me happy enough to where even say I never even make it to that, you know, next level. I just like, like we talked about, I just love performing. As long as you got a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it takes. As long as there's people to entertain. I only yeah. want crowd, you know, I, I'm not yo-yoing so people know the name Chris Chun. I'm yo-yoing to distract other people from their issues and whatever could be going on in their lives. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> that is the entertainer's life. Um, oh, yeah. 
So I do want to hit there. Oh my God, I could talk about that forever, but I've got 20 minutes. I want to learn a trick from you. And, yeah. Um, I want everyone else to learn a trick as well. I'm going to write this timestamp as one hour and 39 minutes, which Let's also see. thanks everybody who's been listening. Everybody Thank on the you podcast, all so much. Everybody on the, on the stream. If you aren't on the stream, look up the podcast and rate it and follow it. It's on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and I'm trying to get it onto Stitcher. I thought that it was, and it wasn't. So uh, give it ratings and comments and stuff. And uh, yeah. And okay. let's learn a trick. And now we're back to the podcast mode. <laughs> so if anyone, if anyone's only on the podcast and they want to see that, go check me out at Illinks uh, Toys. That's I-L-I-N-X underscore toys. And learn that those amazing two tricks from, uh, from Chris. So that was a, it was like a stop and start buying. Yep. And then the first one was like an, that, over, that an overhand uh, cast whip almost. Yeah. It felt, I mean, probably not for you, but for me, that's like as technical as off-string can get for my level of experience. Yeah. So that no, it's me, something fun because it, it's got the right amount of difficulty to yeah. challenge you a little bit, but it's technical enough that as it gets more consistent, you see the possibilities it opens and can start yeah. moving through those. And it gets you into a different mount that you might not yep. otherwise been able to get. I, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't proper, yeah. I don't have a better way to get into this mount than that. It's a good one, man. It's a good little trick, too. Um, so I wanted to jump into the wrap-up just so that I can... Oh, I don't want to cut things short. I never want to have to cut things short. <laughs> no, you're okay. I'm just going to start walking in and going, where are you? <laughs> so I do want to jump into the, the wrap-ups. I do think that we've talked about a lot of great stuff. One is, do you have any plugs, things you want to promote? Uh, go buy a freehand one from Duncan. I'm not saying this because I'm sponsored by them. I'm saying this because I love Yo-Yo History and the freehand one. This thing is absolutely crazy. It plays so well. Go take a walk. Go get some fresh air. Enjoy it. You know, even if it's cold, bundle up. Just get some fresh air in your lungs. Take a little break from your phone. Maybe even leave it at home. Just walk around a bit. Uh, shout out to Duncan Yo-Yos, shout out to NFK, Michael Stacks, Drew Moroic, my father, Chuck Clark, Jake Elliott, every Yo-Yoer that I've ever met, you are a part of my story and I love you for it. What a beautiful set of plugs. Plugging walking is <laughs> just amazing. I think it's important. Go get some fresh air. The concept of walking. I love that. No, absolutely do that. And also for the freehand one, I haven't gotten it yet, but I did buy one when they dropped. What color? Also very much not. I am not sponsored by Duncan, but I will say <laughs> maybe check it out. I have heard a lot of very good things from a lot of very important yo-yoers. I, very well-respected yo-yoers. I think it's the best yo-yo in my collection for figure eight. Figure eight has never felt so pretty. Oh, that's probably the yo-yo it was invented on. I think it was. I believe, I believe it was when Jason uh, was on Duncan. So many tricks were made on that thing. That's what's, it's so crazy. We're playing with a piece of history. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to try it. Uh, everyone's talked about it. And I'm always like, I have a free hand. And they're like, but it's not a free It's hand. not the one. Yeah, I remember yeah. those days. I remember when people are like, no, that's not the one you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, that, so another thing is a takeaway point 
Uh, also, all of these questions come from here on are, are from Jonah Babbins. His podcast is Discourse and Magic, um, which you would probably love. I was going to say, if you have any magic uh, podcasts, send them my way. That's the one. That and The Insider by Vanishing Inc. But that's I listen the to The Insider, yeah. Yeah, that, one, that one's pretty well known. But Discourse and Magic is the best. It's what this Beautiful. whole format was based on, of talking about theory instead of, like, anything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is fully based on that. And to that end, the takeaway point. So we've been talking for um, like a, an hour and 50 minutes and people have come, they've gone. I think there's one person watching at this point. <laughs> but uh, what's one thing that we talked about that you think is really important um, that could just summarize everything? Go take a walk. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I Take just have walk. fun. Mm -hmm. uh, play yo-yo or whatever skill toy you want for you. If you're not having fun with it, find something, find a, another toy or another kind of trick that makes you happy. Do it because you love it, not because you feel obligated to. Don't let it become a job. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you say that. And then you also move to Las Vegas to do yo-yo performance. I think there's, but, there's a difference between working as a yo-yo and yo-yoing being a job. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I can tell that you're definitely doing the, uh, the former. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'd say, um, I, I think the concept of just like yo-yo as a performance as a whole, um, and for people to think about, first of all, telling stories and second of all, having like an opening, middle and closer, um, like that to me is like, kind of summarize a big chunk of what we were talking about yeah of like and also going and doing performances at open mics what a good piece of advice to yo-yoing like i'm glad that you said that because i've been thinking like should i do that would they kick me out but now i'm gonna go do it I'm absolutely go and be like oh yeah i'm a yo-yoer they'll be like wait i thought you were a magician and they're like no i'm a yo-yoer do a little bit of all yeah yeah do whatever i want um, just walking in and saying, I'm trying to become a better performer and just using that to walk in and do an open mic set. Um, yep. So I loved that. Uh, I just wanted to bring that in. So what's something that you love and something that you don't love about yo-yoing today? What I love, oh man. Something I will love, I have loved, will love, and will never not love is the community let's let's just just keep being cool people i i've made lifelong friends i mean i say i get married down the road i know my best man i met through yo-yoing like you know it's it's such a community take advantage of that you know we we all have more in common than just a toy at the end of the day so yeah just i i love the community aspect of it uh what do I not love about yo-yoing? Man, I'm always talking about the positive. I don't even really think about negatives. Uh, I can tell by the way you are. <laughs> this man. is not a man who thinks about the negatives. What don't I like about yo-yoing? I'll name five brands. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 five brand owners. <laughs> there we go. I, I've, been, I've been working with yo-yo companies long enough. No. Um, <laughs> No, I, one thing, uh, here we go. This actually, this will have a positive spin on it, the way I like to do things. It was what I was talking about with people that take it too seriously. At the end of the day, 
we're playing with a toy. And that's why I think we have such a good community, which I mentioned is, you know, what I love about it. But play with your toy, have fun. You know, there, there's no need for drama. I, I don't care your age, race, sexual orientation, anything about you. If you're yo-yoing for the fun of it, I love you for that and respect you. Yeah. Just play, we're, we're, we all play with toys here. Let's enjoy them. Definitely. Um, I'm all for that. And the last thing that I have is if you have anyone that you think would do well in this kind of a format, yeah. someone who like really thinks deep about yo-yoing um, that you think would really be on or be good to have on, the two qualifications are they can't have come on before. So far, it's Mark Mont, Luna, and Coffin. Uh, and uh, then the other one is you have to be able to, like, get me in touch with them. Yeah. Like, some way. Yeah. Who, who might you recommend for that? One of my absolute people. You know so many people. <laughs> <laughs> the first name that comes to mind before I even can think twice about it is Drew Morowick. From, uh, he's sponsored by One Drop. Yeah. Uh, he is probably my favorite person to talk yo-yo theory with this man can look at a trick and identify your favorite element based on the way you do it he has watched me do tricks and he goes is that your is that slack your favorite part and i'm like yeah and he's like yeah you do it like it's your favorite and then he's like if you like that slack here's 10 more for you to try oh my like, god he because he has so much experience with fully freestyle he has this wide bank of tricks in his head that he just has to like see me or you or someone else do something that brings the thought of those elements all back. And he can go, Oh my gosh, I forgot. I did something like that once you might like this. That is such a good suggestion. Yeah. Oh, Drew's the best. And so long. And when I did hang out with him that one time, that was just so much fun. I would love to catch up with him. Um, th thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Uh, is there anyone else? I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm sure I can get you good. a list after. Yeah, you can always hit me up with those. But, I mean, even just Drew, that is yeah. awesome. I will I will definitely reach out to him. Um, Absolutely. I'd love to have him on. But, Christopher Chun, thank you so much for being here. Thank uh, you for having me. And everyone can look you up. What is your username your, for people to follow? Uh, just Chris Chun, 4A, the number 4, the letter A after my my name two ends you did get it right most people think it's one end so i appreciate you for that yeah. uh yeah perfect and uh last little plug for me is check out the 33 rut busters for yo, yo for board yoyers which is free in the links in my bio right now so go check that out um and pick yourself up a free copy of that pdf and i thank you so much christopher chun round of applause for him and uh, I'll be talking to you soon about performing. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. If you're still watching this, we love you. Absolutely. Peace.